Father, I thank you for um, today and for the Bible that we can read it and learn lessons from people who are messed up just like us and that you never left them and you never leave us. Bless us as we uh, as we learn more about you and about us and how to follow you in Jesus' name. So today I'm going to um, go back to a story in the Old Testament about David. And I mentioned to Bob that I was going to prepare something on this. And he said, wow, I've never heard anybody speak on that before. <laughs> and it made me kind of want to reconsider, but I felt like this is what I needed to share. So <laughs> made me nervous to know. <clears throat> so David, for those of you who know some Bible stories, and if you don't, that's okay. He was like this boy who killed a giant and um, did all kinds of like really amazing stuff, guarded his sheep and killed lions and like this warrior guy. And then um, this man who was speaking for God came and anointed him and said he was going to be the next king of Israel. So he, he was not just like some person, you know, he had, he had kind of a backstory that I won't really get into, but just know that he's not just a guy off the street. He's somebody who had done pretty amazing things. The story's out of 1 Samuel chapter 21, and I'm going to read verses 10 through 14. <clears throat> and it says, so David escaped from Saul and went to King Ash, Ashish. At, it's A-C-H-I-S-H. -H. <laughs> yeah, not King Hashish. <laughs> Without the H. King Ashish of Gath. But the officers of Ashish were unhappy about him being there. Isn't this David, the king of the land, they asked? Isn't he the one the people honor with dances and singing? And here's the song that they sing. Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. David heard these comments and was very afraid of what the king of Gath might do to him. So he pretended to be insane, and he scratched on the doors and drooled into his beard and let the drool run down his face into his beard. Finally, King Ashish said to his men, Must you bring me a madman? We already have enough of them around here. Why should I let someone like this be my guest? Um... And my notes are mixed up because I mixed everything. <laughs> All right, guys. So David is running away from Saul. Saul was like the king in charge. David hadn't been like crowned king yet, I guess. And David's running away from Saul, running for his life because King Saul wants to kill him because he is insanely jealous of David. There is a song that the people sing, like I just read, that says, Saul killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. It made Saul burn with anger, and he went after David to kill him. So David goes on the run and ends up in the land of his enemies, the Philistines. When David was younger, he killed a Philistine warrior, a giant named Goliath. So he's like a kid, and he killed this big giant that none of the other soldiers wanted to fight. And now he's in their land. He's like in the town where Goliath came from. So what does he do? He's a giant killer, right? 
He has the reputation for always winning, killing tens of thousands, right? So what is he to do? Here's what he did. He acted out of his mind. He pretended to be insane, drooled into his beard, and scratched on the doors. He pretended he didn't know who he was, and he pretended to be a madman. So he's this guy who's all hard, winning battles, and now he's fronting to be crazy to get out of trouble. It wasn't one of his proudest moments, I can imagine. And it's probably not exactly what he wanted to be known for. I wonder if David looked back on this time in his life as a time that he was closest to God. Can you guys think of like a time in your life when you like really messed up? Think of that as a time when you're closest to God. Um, David also liked to write songs and psalms. Do you guys ever like write stuff down a journal or write raps? Um, he wrote a psalm, like a poem or a rap about this time in his life. And it's in the Bible. It's Psalm 34, verses 1 through 5, and I'm going to read verse 18. And here's what David said about his time acting like a madman. He says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak of his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted whose spirits are crushed. So even when David ever he could do to get out of trouble, doing things in his way, at one of his scariest and darkest moments, he realizes that God was there, close to the brokenhearted, close to him even in his dirtiest times. Have you ever found yourself in a hard, dark situation? I have. And I now realize that God was right there with me. Just like he was right there with David and just like he was right there with you when you were down even when you were screwing up. He was with you. Sometimes in our lowest, even if we don't realize it at the time, God is right there. There was times in my life that I was coming up with solutions. You know, I had plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G to get out of trouble. And I didn't realize it at the time. I didn't know God like I know God now. But he was right there with me. And sometimes he was giving me wisdom on what to do. And sometimes he was like, ah, <laughs> I think he was probably directing me not to do it. And guess what? Sometimes I did it anyways, but he didn't, he didn't leave me. And I'm sure maybe some of you have been in that situation. And I just want to encourage you that he knows and he loves still. And he didn't leave you in those places. You can't mess up big enough for him to leave you. <clears throat> You're never too broken for him or too bad or too dirty. He never says you cross the line, that he's no longer there with you or there for you. When we're at our lowest, God is right there with us in our lowest time. What does that look like? It could mean that when somebody's in solitary confinement, that they're not alone. It could mean that when you're in the depths of grief after losing someone who you love, that God is there with you. Or when the person you thought you loved leaves you and leaves you alone, that, that God is there. 
When you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, doing what you should not be doing, guess what, guys? God is there. Sometimes we may feel like we can't approach God when we're not doing good. Or maybe like me, I didn't know that I could cry out to God. Nobody had told me I'd never heard. I'd heard the stories, but I didn't realize it was a relationship. That I could talk to him and he would hear me. We may feel like we need to clean up our life before we ask God to help us. Like he won't hear us if we're not living right. But as we can see from the story in the poem that David wrote afterwards, David was sure that in his low time, even though he came up with this wild plan to trick the king, that God was the one who truly got him out of that and set him free. Can you think of a time in your life when you escaped something that would have potentially hurt you in some way? I can. <laughs> there was a lot of times that I like can't believe that I got out of some of the situations that I was in. I can see that God had set me free, even from what I deserved. God was with me, even at my worst. God helped me, even when I didn't know I could ask for help. God was with me, even at my lowest. Not everybody has been fortunate enough to know what it feels like to have been raised by a loving and supportive parent. If you have, I'm really happy for you, but I think a lot of us haven't. Our parents were hurt and they had their stuff and they were maybe doing the best they could, which wasn't real great for us sometimes. But if you could imagine with me a minute, a parent who loves you unconditionally, who even when you're doing things that the parent doesn't agree with, they're still there for you and loving you through it every single step of the way. That's how God is with us. God loves us so much that he wants what's best for us. And he doesn't want us doing things that would hurt us or get us in trouble. Not because he wants to control us. Like God doesn't show us what we shouldn't do because he wants to be like our taskmaster, our like boss cracking a whip at us or like trying to control us or punish us. It's because of his love for us. He wants to help us to get to the place where we're not running anymore and we're not scared anymore and we don't have to check over our shoulder. You know, he wants to, he wants to help us get to that place of hope. Um, God loves us so much he wants what's best for us and he doesn't want us to do things that would hurt us or get us in trouble not because he wants to control us but because he wants what's best for us his love will lead you rescue you and if you let it if you surrender to the love of God which Bob already walked us through <laughs> that was great it will help you so you don't have to run anymore you don't have to act crazy to get out of trouble. We don't have to drool in our beards and or in our chins and scratch on the doors and, you know. <laughs> I guess if it helps, <laughs> that what you said? Yes. So, yeah, sometimes I guess God could give us divine wisdom to get us out of tricky situations, right? I don't. I agree with that. <laughs> but even if we do things that he wouldn't want us to do, he's still with us. David was on the run. He was acting crazy. And maybe God did give him wisdom to do that. He got out of that situation. And when he reflected on it, he said that God is close to the brokenhearted. 
He's close to the lost, the scared, the criminal, the lonely. God was close to David when he was down and out, scared and brokenhearted. And God is close to you too. Wherever you are, wherever you find yourself, and whatever you find yourself doing. God loves you with a love that's so big that we can't even understand it. If we think about how big, have you guys ever looked up in the sky and thought, that goes on so far that my eyes like can't even take it in? Have you guys ever thought about that? Or have you been on like an ocean or a mountain and you look at it and it's so like it's so massive that you can't even just understand it. It just and that's how God's love is for us. It's so big and deep and wide that we can't even understand it because it's not a love that um, it's just not something I think we can understand with our minds, but it is absolutely something we can trust. We can trust God and we can trust him in his love. So his God's love will not abandon you in your darkest moments. I want to go back to Psalm 34, verses 1 through 5 and verse 18. <clears throat> and this is what I'm, I'm going to end with this. And then Lucy um, said she would come back up and lead us in another song. And while she's singing that song, if you guys can, again, like Bob said, just reflect on God and and how he doesn't leave you and he doesn't forsake you. And what can we surrender to him? Like what parts of our story and what parts of where we are in our life um, do we need to kind of open our hands and let God's love into those places? So as she leads us on, but I'm going to read. You want to share something before she sings on? Oh. Um, Psalm 34, verses 1 through 5 and 18. It says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me and he freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. The, lo the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And he rescues those whose spirits are crushed. 